0: if you don't find out like what you care about and what you value now go do that right and then also be okay with readjusting that contract and renegotiating and reestablishing like what your goals are as a couple moving forward I'd and the say key every
1: negotiations year. is you got to compromise right. like things that you say okay well i care about this but not as much as you care about it in mm-hmm. this situation i want to see you get that
0: Welcome to The Push Podcast, So, if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So, get ready to be pushed. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland.
1: And I'm Edward Copeland. And
0: I'm Jordan Copeland. And this is Jordan Copeland. She does not (laughs) want to be on camera. However, we have a recent discovery that we thought would be really cool for our What in the World... You kind of discovered it last night.
1: You know, I was thinking about this whole idea of music, right? And I was thinking about, okay, well, we have R&B, you have jazz, blues, rock, all that kind of stuff. Then you have country. And I was thinking, you know, country, all country really is, is an overdone soul. <laughs> like the, like soulful music, but overdone. Too right? much soul. Mm-hmm. Too much soul. Like you said, so said oh, I, I like this song. And then you you like kind of went overboard with the soul. And then you like... Like now you have a different whole genre of mm-hmm. music, right? Not to disrespect anyone who does country, but if you really, really think about it, if you're really being objective and honest, it is overdone like R&B or soul music.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll
1: give, let's give an example.
0: Yeah. So we were just like playing around and I was like, what if what if we try that? And so we were like, okay, give me a song. And what was, what was the first one? Do Beyonce if I were a boy. Okay. It's like. If I were a boy <laughs> I think I could understand
1: <laughs> All right so right. So, so if I you took it? if you took 80% of the soul out of that you got an R&B song Oh,
0: yeah. oh my god <laughs> right? If I were a boy See, like, And then you like exactly
1: 80% taken off
0: but it's like the same thing. What, what was another one? Okay, do Mariah Carey yeah. fantasy? Okay, oh, it's just a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. You and my heart. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah, add a little so, bit of a twang. And so now so we have soul. De- we
1: have decoded. The matrix of music, and found that soul like country music is just you know you just go okay well I like this R and B song I'm just gonna make it way too soulful almost to the point where it's not soulful.
0: <laughs> it's not R anymore. Exactly. Right? Okay, what about one of my favorites, Faith Evans' "Love Like This"? Uh, I never knew. Oh. I never knew there was a love before so funny there you
1: go so, <laughs> you, you go. so oh, if you ever God. wanted to know where country music comes from it just it's like mm-hmm. alright well we like this kind of rhythm and blues thing let's just take it a little bit further
0: okay, let's wait. go further one more just for fun and then we'll let you go Jordan but can you do uh, Poison Mm-hmm. Call if up. I was you, I'd take precaution. <laughs> <laughs> that girl is poison. That girl is poison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love it. That's great. Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. <laughs> All
0: right, that was awesome. Special musical guest, Jordan Copeland. Thank Break you, it down. girlfriend. down
1: what country music the is key
0: elements of country music <laughs> Yeah,
1: so for all those Too people much soul <laughs> if you love country music that's
0: okay it's yeah. a great
1: genre i like this country music take anything and
0: you can turn but it you know what that.
1: you can if you just really break it down like what's you,
0: that show that we it. recently found was it jimmy fallon that did the show
1: yeah i think he does like a show where because chance like, the
0: rapper did it's getting hot in here right, right. so take off all your clothes yeah right yeah. that was so great yeah. So, if you love music, go check that, but, you know, show that song,
1: out. That song's already kind of country. It was on the album Country Grammar. Country Grandma, Grammar from Nelly. <laughs> so, yeah. so, that was already there. So, that's our What in the World. Right? Anyways, yeah. What in the so, world?
0: welcome back to the Push Podcast. This is episode number 143. And we've been talking about money this May. And so, we've done a lot of things. We've taught a money workshop that was hosted in April on the last Monday of April. If you missed that, you can go to com or JanelleCopeland.com, and you can get access to that replay. So that kind of sparked this week's episode, which is six money issues that will kill your relationship. And I just think it's important to kind of start there. Money is the root of the, like, it's the number one issue in relationships.
1: Mm. Yeah. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. We've been and, there. And I think... Because it is tied to like your goals and your aspirations of what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Money is what provides options in your world. It's part of what makes some of your the, your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it holds a lot of the keys to maybe your fulfillment and a lot of other things. but people find themselves in really tough situations when it comes to money and relationships.
0: So. so, I've been kind of seeing a lot where there's a lot of like Pinterest graphics and just like influencers that I follow that are like, you know, these are things that you need to talk about before you get into a serious relationship. And mm-hmm. so we kind of compiled our own, but the the hub or the umbrella I'd say is just money in general. And then I would say there's six key areas. So I'll give them to you and then we'll kind of discuss them cuz if money's the number one issue why divorces happen, relationships don't work, I think we should dive into that and figure out like well what can you do to have a good healthy relationship that you do talk about these things, right?
1: Well, yeah, name those things and I have a question for you. Okay,
0: so one is money. I'm yeah. sorry, the whole thing is money. <laughs> one is, money? is savings, uh-huh. two is earnings, three is debt four is credit, the next is taxes, and number six is insurance. And I think it's fair to say in the workshop that we taught, we taught kind of like the fact that there's a game, if you will, to each of these. There's a structure in which you can operate in the parameter of taxes, but a lot of people don't take the time to learn the game of taxes, right? So an example of that would be like, well, people get themselves in a tax bracket from their earnings. They don't even know what tax bracket they're in. Mm -hmm. And so then they say things like, well, I don't want to earn more because, you know, I'll just pay more in taxes. Well, if I met a guy like that, that would be a very silly thing to say, especially because my follow up question would be like, well, what tax bracket are you in? Well yeah and then if like if you don't even know how much you're paying right now then how do you know like what's the barrier the breaking point to get into the next one And then I'd be irritated because I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're going to stifle your own earnings because you don't know how to play the game or you don't want to play the game of taxes.
1: And I think what people, that's an interesting thing because I think people get bonuses. They think about, and the first thing they're kind of upset by is the taxes. Mm -hmm. And I I get it. Like we all get like, Mm -hmm. you get a bonus, it gets taxed differently than Mm -hmm. when you on your regular earnings. And so sometimes you can be cynical with or pessimistic with when it comes to bonuses and things of that nature. But I think that if you know the game and if you know what to do with that money or mm-hmm. and all the different things, like you can really look at it from a really different perspective and be more optimistic about more income. I think the idea of producing or maybe even being upset by your income because it's being taxed just means that you you haven't understood the game, Yeah. right? But my question is that so you name those six things and those six things are super, super important. Mm-hmm. But to the root of it, because we're talking about like relationships, right? So to the root of it, what makes it so difficult to talk about money in a relationship? What, like, because you get into this relationship, like you paint the picture, like, oh, you know, we're dating, dating and it's and everything's good, and, and I think money and kids kind of have the same effect on a relationship, mm-hmm. like, like things get real. Mm-hmm. But what do you think it is? Like, is it that people don't want to mix what feels good with what is non-emotional? Like, what should be probably a non-emotional thing involved in an emotional kind of cocktail in a sense
0: i think money has just been taught to us that it's like taboo it's like a personal thing you don't talk about it and so like you the think last, it's the like
1: taboo thing
0: kind of yeah mm. i think people have this like there's a stigma around money and you're like oh, i can't ask him about his personal finances like i can't ask her what her credit score is i can't i think and then i think there's a certain amount of time where you date and mm-hmm. it's like ah, i don't really want to talk about that stuff because i i don't, don't really want to disclose and- that right But at some point, if it gets serious and you see yourself like wanting to create a future with this person, I think absolutely you need to schedule a time to have an appointment with each other and say like, hey, we need to talk about like how you were raised when it comes to savings or credit or things like that. And it's always an uncomfortable situation because someone will be judged.
1: Yeah, and so it's interesting because I think it is, like when you said that at first, I was like, ah, is it really taboo? But I guess when you think about it, like you're kind of taught to not talk about money right. uh, in the workplace mm-hmm. because everybody makes different uh, well, we in- did. different incomes during it in the workplace. So that's a big thing that you don't talk about. Mm-hmm. You also don't share with your friends because you bragging, know, bragging mm-hmm. and all these different things that we associate with money. Like we associate so much of our interpersonal relationships with the fact that that's something we don't have to worry about talking about that's going to interfere with our ability just to like be in this relationship.
0: Well, they say you're not supposed to talk about money, politics, religion. Money is part of that. But here's an example of why it's taboo. Our daughter, Jasmine, she's 20. And I remember she got a new job. She works for Apple. That's great someone asked her like, well, how much are they offering you? Like, how much are you making? And she said, that's kind of a personal question. Mm. And I was like, as you should, like, don't be telling people how much you make. So when I say it's taboo, that's what I mean. Like, you're not really supposed to be telling people how, like, if we have a launch, you know, what we do in business, you someone's not going to say, oh, wow, that's what you do for a living. How much do you make doing that? Yeah. Well, uh, that's personal. This, it,
1: it's so funny because there's a level of like you entering the job space, uh-huh. right? You maybe you've been in the job space for some time. Are you talking time. about
0: a young person?
1: A young person, but mm-hmm. to hear me out. So you're making a certain income and it's private, right? Right. And then you get to a place where you make more money Mm -hmm. and it's still kind of private, Mm -hmm. but people kind of have an idea of what you make. But then you get to a place where you're making serious money and everybody knows how much you make. Like you you think think about like people that run companies, like their salaries are public, Uh right? You know how much the CEO of uh, Tesla makes. Mm -hmm. Like You know how much (laughs) Jeff Bezos makes. Like Mm -hmm. All those things become really public. And all of a sudden they get demonized because of how much they make. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how like that relationship with money changes when you get out of the perspective of what people think they can earn, right? Because we've talked about like, you don't hate on celebrities because you think it's far out from what you can accomplish, Mm -hmm. but you hate on your friend that has some improvements in their life, right? right? Or you see someone on Instagram because you think that that's in the realm of what you can Mm -hmm. achieve. And so maybe that's part of this whole dynamic of money. But when it gets into the relationship, like all those things have to go away. Like all now those. you have to be transparent. Like, yeah. this is how much I make. This is like what I have in savings. This is what I have in.
0: But the thing is, is like in our money workshop, the number one thing is people get defensive around their money beliefs. You mm-hmm. know, well, I was taught yesterday, I was in uh, Lululemon, which is very expensive leggings, right? You either love Lululemon and you find a way to buy Lululemon leggings or you're like, that is ridiculous. I would mm. never spend $128 on leggings, right? And I happen to like Lululemon, but there was a time we couldn't afford it, right? right. And so I like it, but there's also like I have no problem buying a $5 Target t-shirt. Like right. I just – there's certain things I don't want to be squatting in the gym and you can see through my clothes. Like it's just <laughs> not – I'm going to buy the – the expensive leggings, but I also have Lululemon leggings that I've had now for nine years. Mm-hmm. So the just the quality is there. Anyways, I was in the Lululemon store waiting for Jordan to try something on, and this woman in there was talking about the fact that she was considering a Tesla, and she said, "But I can't bring myself to do it. They're too expensive, you know, blah 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 blah." And I said, "Well, consider what you're saving on gas." And she said. Well, my dad always taught me that a car is never an investment. It's always like a bad purchase. So you Mm. should buy something cheap. You should pay it off. It should be used. And I just thought to myself, it's so interesting. She's probably 55 years old and she's still holding on to this belief. Mm. So I just told myself, I'm not going to waste my time talking to her because nothing I say to her is going to change the position that she has about a car. And also, I don't work for Tesla, so I don't make a commission (laughs) whether you buy it or not. So the point is, is hold on to that belief if that's what you believe. And I don't want to argue with you about it. So people get very territorial and defensive over what they know to be true about money. And so bringing that into a relationship, right, if I have a friend who, which I do, is now like dating someone, they talk about money, she owns a home, he does not. Well, he wasn't raised where you have to chase the American dream and you've got to own a property and like, So that's not a value of his right now, what they can do to not help or to not let it affect their relationship is they can say, well, here's another way to look at it. Well, have you considered this? Like, here are the benefits or hear each other out, right? So when it comes to now bringing your finances together, you're talking about like, well, does she have a savings, but he doesn't like he's maybe not good at saving his money because he wants to live his life, right? Right. And maybe she's really frugal. I'm just giving examples. Maybe when it comes to earning, like if we got together and I was like, hey, you know, I want to earn more. And you were like, nope, we're good right here mm-hmm. because life's not about money. And, you know, you shouldn't chase money and we're comfortable and we have just enough. Okay, well, I want a vacation or, right. I, you know, so how
1: do you like that's a tough thing to deconstruct that because to your, to your first example. If one person wants to have a home Mm -hmm. home ownership, the other person doesn't see the value in that, and they say, "Well, what's the point?" Right? And you're getting into this relationship. Is it enough to say this is not going to work?
0: I think love is not enough to say, like, (laughs) "Well, we love each other, so we'll work it out." Right?
1: So the money situation outweighs the love piece.
0: Yeah, it will over time.
1: Yeah, because I think it will like deteriorate the love because at at one point. Everyone has a sense of self interest, the vision that they have for their life. Back to your point with the money beliefs, they see themselves based on their belief system mm-hmm. around money, and they're they're acting that out every single day because that's what they know to be true. And then before you know, you get into this relationship where someone has a totally different belief system. Right. And so somebody's got to compromise in order for that to work, or somebody's got to be more convincing or influential around that aspect or that, that particular topic to say, hey, here's the version of the world that you didn't know or didn't see or didn't learn. I
0: don't think you should use those words. What? Like, hey, here's the version of the world that you didn't learn. That's not a good way to say that. Like, oh, uh, hey. no, I
1: wasn't role modeling. I wasn't <laughs> like role playing it. I was just <laughs> I was saying that at the end of the day, it comes down to there's a version of this world is a perspective of this of money that maybe you never tried on before, Mm -hmm. right? And I want you to try it on because if we're in this relationship, what are we trying to accomplish together?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the point of this episode honestly comes down to money could cause major issues, but these are six particular areas that I feel like when you do decide that you're going to have the money talk that you need to make sure that you're aligned with when it comes to all of these. So another one would be debt, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've gone out on a date before before we got married and go. the guy's credit card gets declined. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I'm running. Like there is just no I don't care the way my my bank account set up. Like I don't care about any of that. I just know your card got declined. You will not be hearing from me. I understand things happen, right. but I do not want to especially at this age in my to, life. To, to I'm not going to stick around to teach you how to not well, overextend say, yourself you know? when it comes to debt. Sorry. <laughs>
1: What if they said, oh, I had a fraud situation?
0: I get it. I mean, <laughs> I get it, but I also don't want to sign You're, up for you that. You would
1: probably tick that off as a red flag. And if you say you need another yeah. money red flag. Here's yeah.
0: another one. My girlfriends and I, we talk about like when one of them is single, if she dates, we're like, okay, we're going to write a background check and a credit check. <laughs> like you have to know those things. One, is he wanted in any states? But two, <laughs> is his credit score, what is his FICO score? Like right. that's important we're established, you know, we have good credit, we care about money. So she has to have those conversations with anyone she dates around a credit score. Like, hey, and I don't think you come out and just say like, hey, so what's your FICO score? I think that you talk about money. You say like, hey, so do you own a home? You know, what does it look like? Do you have kids? Like, are you, have you been saving for college? Like you have to talk about these things because, you know, I don't think we talked, I mean, we, we knew what we were getting into, but then, so like, for example, your credit wasn't the best right. when we got married. Why? Because the way that you were raised, you know, or the way that you learned credit right. wasn't the same way the I learned credit. It was, yeah, it was on the fly. Yeah, it was on the fly. And so that was an issue for us when we first got married, right? Then we wanted to buy a home. Well, I didn't run your credit. So right. when we went to buy a home, even though we made good money like your credit score brought our score down, right? These yeah. are very sensitive topics to talk about, right? And so- Right,
1: and especially when like- And
0: there's shame associated with that.
1: Right, especially when you learn on the fly when it comes to credit, like mm-hmm. you, you get into it and in your twenties, yeah. early twenties, you get a credit card, you think it's access to buy things that
0: you can't afford. You
1: can't afford and you can just make little payments. Right. There are people that have that belief right now. They Absolutely. got their first credit card, like, oh, you telling me I only have to make ten dollar minimum payment and I can buy this, you know, brand new coat, this mm-hmm. brand new outfit, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. And so then what happens is you start to slowly learn through trying to buy a car that your credit credit's not good. Mm-hmm. And then you you learn all these little things like I did, right? Yep. And then you get into a relationship where someone like yourself understood early on the power of credit. Mm-hmm. And then now you're like, oh man, I'm bringing us down, right. right? And now because of that, I'm costing us more money, right? right? To purchase a home, to do these things. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but the baggage is still not
0: taken, you know, care, taken of. care of, yeah. right?
1: And so now it's not only costing more from an interest rate standpoint, but also now we got to fix yeah. the thing that I struggled with when I was 22 years old. Right. Right. And so I think those are things that people still struggle with even when they're five, 10 years into marriage.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that was hard for us, but what would we tell ourselves? Because that was our exact situation for those of you listening. Like we're talking about like Here's what you do if you start dating someone. So what would we have done different?
1: If I were your parent, uh-huh. I would You'd have said
0: don't marry him.
1: No, I would say don't move in with him okay. until he fixes his credit situation okay. on his own. And then once that's fixed and once that's in lockstep and you come together and you you sit down, and you talk about it and say, hey, this is in order. Mm-hmm. My credit score jumped up 100 points. I'm not going to be bringing us down. Mm-hmm. Then we can start the planning of yeah. our life together. Because I don't think that it was fair for me to bring that into our lives until we were solidified. And then you saw that I was bought in long term to changing that.
0: Well, can I just tell you, though, like we were 25 years old. I was 25 years old, so I didn't have a parent telling me, hey, don't.
1: Right. I'm just so
0: you're using that's what you're saying you would do for our 20 year old. But if she's 25, 26 years old, you're not the parent saying, hey, don't move in, don't get married, don't I you? I would can't just say av- that
1: no, I'm just saying this you asked me what would be different. I said but the we, advice we the advice would be to not get not bring it together. So if you're thinking about getting in a relationship right now with someone mm-hmm. and you haven't had this talk, mm-hmm. have the talk. And mm-hmm. if the person's not got their shit together, mm-hmm. then give that time to get together before you actually get together like make your relationship in place where you're bringing everything together.
0: So then we wouldn't have lived together for a long time.
1: Well, the thing is, is I probably, (laughs) no, honestly, I probably would have been really motivated Uh to get that together because I knew I wanted our lives to be together. Mm -hmm. So it would have probably changed the way I approached the money quicker. Yeah. Right. Because I was inspired to like, okay, well, I want us to have our life together. So I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to fix this stuff. I'm going to do all the things I need to do so that I'm not bringing us down.
0: Hmm. Well, our lives would have been totally different considering like we started dating, moved in, <laughs> got pregnant, got married all within nine months. So right. how would that have been different? Like it I, would have been
1: a lot different. This is a hypothetical conversation. Well, I'm just saying
0: <laughs> like if we're supposed to be giving advice for like right. how to not make these like six money killers for your relationship. right? Would we have taken that advice and said, hey, well, we're going to not move in because... The reality is, is we did get a place and I... Well,
1: maybe we wouldn't have bought a
0: house. Okay.
1: We would have waited to buy the house until that was straightened out.
0: Well, in our situation, we found a house that we wanted. We needed a house for our kids and the credit score brought us down. So I bought the house under my name. Right. So it worked out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that... like having the conversation laying it out on the table and then putting a plan together still is an option Mm -hmm. you're saying I think you're the dad in you right is speaking right now to our children (laughs) so it's skewing like your decision making because you're wanting our daughters to hear that like you don't don't be with someone that's going to pull you down.
1: Well, uh, yes. And uh,
0: I agree with you, but also it wasn't the case for us. Right. So and being uh, transparent. We're,
1: we're, we're, yeah, being transparent. I'm, I am definitely biased because of you know, who I daughters. am now yeah. and, and I had daughters. Right. That's my advice that I would give. <laughs> it, because But I know that I... Here, here's what I'm saying. I would not change anything right, right from our past because we learned a lot. It was painful. Mm-hmm. It was necessary. Uh-huh. And we got to this place and we worked really hard to get to this place. And our kids are in an amazing situation. So I would not change that.
0: But I will not let you bring my but daughter's I- <laughs> credit card, credit right. score down.
1: Because because of the thing that we went through, we were really, really conscious and we are really deliberate with the guidance that we give mm-hmm. our kids when it comes to money. Like Jasmine, I think, is off to a really great start. Right. Right. And I think that she will probably own her own home if she continues down this this path.
0: She's going to in but, the next probably two years. Yeah.
1: And so that is a beautiful thing. Right. And so I guess that So that's, you're
0: saying letting some guy come in and kind of jack up what we've helped her build.
1: is not going to be allowed. Yeah. I will find a way to sabotage that.
0: Oh, no. my <laughs> God. So the truth comes out, guys. Um, your relationship can also be in harm's way if the dad is crazy and yeah, wants to yeah, come in and I feel and like be overbearing. I'm getting crazier
1: and crazier as the years go by. Yeah.
0: <laughs> know the girls think you are too
1: i am i certainly am
0: (laughs) (laughs) no shame so you know we're speaking on all of these points from experience and we're using a little bit of humor but again i do think with money being the number one issue that pulls couples apart speaking from experience it was a difficult time for us to like rebuild this stuff and like go through right. this. And then once we rebuilt your credit, remember your identity got stolen. And then it was like a was, whole yeah, mess like, after that.
1: <laughs> it was probably by the credit fixing company. Yeah, I was like, wait, company.
0: what is happening right now?
1: <laughs> but the thing is, is if I were to give anyone, like if you're entering a relationship right now, or maybe you're in one right now and the money thing is still really hard. I think one of the things that we try to even to this day is try to take the emotion out of the conversation mm-hmm. and really look at your finances as a business. Right? Because I think when you do that, then you make better decisions and you- Like
0: what? Tell me how how you Like you
1: look at it and and maybe you're not, you're talking about like, instead of saying like how much you you make, maybe you say, let's look at our income. Let's look at Mm -hmm. like, you start using terms that would probably be associated with running a business because Mm -hmm. that's what it really is. Yeah. Like your finances are your business of like creating opportunities for your life. Mm -hmm. And then your life and your relationship is like your marriage. Within your marriage, it's a bond. There's a lot more. There's emotions to it. There's there's all the things that you want experiences, growth, all that. But I do think you need to approach it like in a very non-emotional way because you know if you're bringing your ego or if you're bringing your belief systems to it, then what ends up happening is like then that's where the shame, that's where the emotions come out because you know maybe you're not where you want to be. Right.
0: I think though, anytime you talk about money when it comes to a relationship, it's really difficult to not let your emotions get in the way. Because let's just say that I have the bad credit. I am going to associate all of these stories with, well, this is what I learned. This is, you know, what my parents taught me. And I didn't know any better. And like, how did, you know, everybody becomes a victim of their money circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I didn't buy a house because I couldn't afford it because I didn't grow up with rich parents like you. And I didn't. And so everyone convinces them that their reality is like, this is the way. Right. So it's always going to be a difficult thing, but, but I just think it has to be started. And then I think it determines the values that you have as a couple, right? So like talking about kids and talking about like, well, what do you think uh, about... Sending kids to private school? What do you think about Mm. private versus public? Because if someone's like, ah, that's a waste of money. Right. Okay. Well, what about college? Ah, college should be optional. I'm like, okay. Do you not want to save for that stuff? Is that not a good investment? Another thing is like health and wellness, right? Like if you were like, ah, I don't want to pay for a gym membership. Okay. Well, are you really frugal and great with your money and you've got a ton of money in the bank? Or, do not see value in investing in health because I see value in investing in my health. So if I'm going to buy $200 worth of vitamins every month or go get physical therapy or whatever, like those things are important to me. So I think it's not just about the money, but it becomes what you value And why you want to earn money, right? Like to me and you, like being able to earn a substantial amount to be able to make an impact and give back is important to us, right? right? We were talking the other day about like deal breakers. If for whatever reason you had to go on a date, what would be a deal breaker? For me, it's someone cheap, cheap, (laughs) selfish, and not giving, right? Right. So like if I'm on a date with someone and he's being cheap or rude to the server, I'm out. Mm. Like I just, mm if you give 10% as a tip, I'm out. Like that tells me you're not a generous person. Right. So I would not continue to date you, you know? And so there are certain values that I think you have to see. And then if you find that you have the same values and you're in alignment, then you start to unfold the money stories and like learn about how maybe you came up with this or, you know, how you formed opinions around this. It's like, The other day on the news, we were talking about, is it Amazon being unionized? Right. And we share the same, you know, we're in alignment around our beliefs of unions, even though my whole family... Is in a union, right. right? So I was raised to believe one thing about unions, but as I became an entrepreneur and as I learned about business, I believe something different now, right? But those are your values. And so, like, if you can't have a conversation about like, you're pro union, I'm kind of anti union, if you can't have a conversation and hear each other, that's right. a bigger problem. And
1: I'm not saying you yeah, just no, made no. It <laughs> I
0: know, not you. But Sorry. I, no,
1: but I think that that's true because if you don't, find a way to kind of deconstruct and look at each mm-hmm. other's values and really start to talk it through to get to a place where you have shared values mm-hmm. that at the end of this, like the root cause to a happy relationship with money in a marriage is shared values. And then there are situations where you say, okay, well, we both value a couple of different things mm-hmm. that we can coexist. Okay. Right. So, Let's say, for example, I value hobby or or having a hobby. Like I want to golf and I know I want to allocate funds to that. And you say, well, I value leisure and I want to go to spas. Mm -hmm. Well, then we need to construct our life in a way that we get to share those values and they get to coexist Mm -hmm. instead of me saying, so you're telling me you're going to spend the money on a massage and you're like, you're telling me you're going to spend that money on a golf club, right? right? And then you're going to like constantly have this friction, but you have to find things that coexist. But I do think that there has to be something, there's a shared value of saying, we wanna have a house where we share with our family. Mm-hmm. We wanna have multiple properties. We wanna have, like, and those are things we say, okay, we're gonna aspire to have those. And so every day we're intentional of trying to make that happen yeah. instead of fighting one another. Like under the sheets of saying like, well, you want to have the big house, but I said, I just want right. to have a mini house. Well, right? one of the
0: things that made me fall in love with you a couple of years ago, we looked at a house and it had a huge property. And I was like, this would be great for family reunions. And you were like, absolutely. And I was like, he's a keeper. <laughs> like he cares about stuff like this. Right?
1: Right. And I, yeah, because I think that I learned by spending time with your family and embracing like, oh, wow, this feels really good. And mm-hmm. knowing that in the past, my family has had family reunions, but it was at like a park, a park or a mm-hmm. hotel mm-hmm. and like having a home to share that, yeah. I was able to expose myself to that. And sometimes that's the thing that that's the disconnect. Mm-hmm. I've experienced something one way you've experienced and we never really got to embrace each right. other's like a like, way of living or celebrating or experiencing things, and yeah. you have to be open to that.
0: Yeah, like my aunt and uncle, Rhonda and Steve, they purchased a home with intent to have large gatherings for families. But whether, you
1: told me that, yeah, like before we went there, and so I'm going with the filter yeah. of looking mm-hmm. at, oh. This is what she's talking about.
0: Right. And I think
1: people don't do that. They just go, oh, we're going to my aunt's house. And it's a big house. It's a big house. Yeah. They
0: bought a big house so it could serve the family and they could host. And whether it's a wedding or a family reunion, like there's room for trailers to come. Like we've had many family things there. And I just thought, well, as we get older, I want to experience that too because I've seen it. Right. As to your point. So. Another thing, we were looking at a property today and we had to learn about probate, right? Right. Things being tied up. And basically, it's like, this is the importance of insurance. So if I value, let's say we're we're dating and we're having this conversation, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a life insurance policy and I have renter's insurance. And you're the kind of guy that's like, ah, insurance is stupid. It's a scam. (laughs) Okay, red flag, because... (laughs) if I die, my right. property gets paid off and then it doesn't go into probate. And right. then my beneficiaries are sitting there for years without reaping the benefits of me being right. a homeowner. Right. And so just having those conversations to know, like, if you are dating, let's say you're dating, you're not even married yet and you own a home. What happens if you die? Right. What happens if you get divorced? Like, is there insurance? Is there a prenup? Like, There has to be conversations that you have when it comes to money, when you start to join things. The next thing I'll say is, like, what's a good rule of thumb for if you do buy a home together or you do move in together, do you keep separate bank accounts? Because that has been coming up a lot lately. My brother is recently married. My sister is getting married. Some have a new brother-in-law. And here's what like that couple does. They're like, okay, so we contribute to a household fund. Mm. We pay half of the mortgage, half of the bills, everybody does half. And then I go, so what happens when one of you gets a raise and the other doesn't? Then what? (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but I plan on making a lot more money in my lifetime. And so if you want to just stay and, you know, come home, have a couple of beers and chill every night and watch your shows, but I'm over here hustling and working hard. I'm going to outgrow this whole equal thing, right? (laughs) and it's going to be a problem. Why? Because I want to go vacation, and I want to go explore the world, and I want to go experience new adventures. And now you're on some fixed income, and you're like, well, if you paid more of the mortgage then, because you make more, then I'd have more money to spend on the vacation." Well, either way, that means I'm paying for extra shit, right, right? Right, So money can become a big problem, I think, if you keep everything divided. Right. But then if it's together, are you asking for permission? And then I could be throwing in your face, like, let's be real, 90% of that money's mine.
1: Right. And that's and a real a problem, thing. That's right? a real thing. So
0: this happens all the time. So right. I need for you to DM us, to <laughs> write a review, to tell me, like, do you have joint accounts? Do you have separate accounts? and what works for you. I want to know what works and what does not. So I, if you yeah. if you message or leave a review and say, "My husband and I have separate accounts, but we pay bills from the mutual account, and it's a shit show." I want to know why.
1: With that also, then you end up having like separate investments like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, I have extra money. That's my money. house over there." Right. "I have extra money. This mm-hmm. is what you make." So the, and then so all of a sudden you're managing and measuring your contributions to this relationship. And then it's going to really cause an issue because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, someone's going to feel like they contributed more. Right. Right. And so having that conversation of like, what are our plans together? What are mm-hmm. your plans for your career? Maybe somebody staying home or maybe like, hey, I, I aspire to do this and you aspire. To, like you have to find a way to where the, it becomes something that is not discussed around. Right who's contributing more right. because at the end of the day it's going to be really hard to have an equal yeah. like mm-hmm. you know oh yeah we make exactly the same amount so all things are going to be perfect Right. No. so it's going to be outweighed. but i think i think it's important though that's where you have to say well this is our union is more important mm-hmm. right and i'm willing to like this is what you're living full out you're not trying to like prepare like people say well if the marriage doesn't work out at least i'm taking care of well you're preparing for your marriage not to right. work out mm-hmm. and i know that sounds silly but you do
0: have to have a contingency plan
1: i don't think to me i think the contingency plan is like we're going to stay to married forever right,
0: <laughs> right? But so. we didn't always have that it was like okay worst case scenario like what would happen
1: I think that's hard to do, like to live full out and to have a full marriage where you pouring everything mm-hmm. you, you have into go it. Go all in. Because you got to go all in. Yeah. I don't think you can hedge your bet and say, well, I'm going to go all in, but it, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work out. Now, if you've got signs where someone is like, you know, showing you that they don't want to be in this, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think you've got to start building like a plan right. because this person is showing you that. But I think if you you got to go all in, uh, and yeah. I think people are afraid of that because they don't want to be burned or hurt, but that's life.
0: But like, let's just say that in this situation, like you, I'll use you. You're earning more. And I've decided to stay home with the kids. But right. we started our foundation as like, oh, we're separate, we're contributing. I don't know. That could become a big issue, especially if I'm not contributing. Now I'm at the mercy of you. And then I find out you're out looking at properties and you don't tell me. Right. And you're like, why would I tell you? Like, it's my money. Oh, my God. That's like a nightmare. Get out of that marriage. That is so scary for me to even say
1: that yeah that that's is, scary but to me that's not a money thing mm-hmm. that's finding a, a communication person. yeah thing? that's finding a person that like sees marriage the same way you right. do, or sees your relationship the same way as you do those are signs and i think you've got like in your dating phase you got to ask those questions like if you made more money would you think it's okay or maybe put on yeah. use if i made mm-hmm. more money do you think it's okay if i start looking at property without you because it's going to be my money and, or, if, and that person said, sure, right. I think that's a good idea. You go, oh, I was just tricking you. That was a good
0: right. question. Or like, let's say we said in the next two years, if Jasmine owns a property, let's say she gets a townhouse, right? And then she gets two properties. And then now she's going to be 30. She gets married. I think we would advise her. Those are your properties. Mm. Like you are bringing those to the relationship especially if we had anything to do with helping for that. Like that right. is separate from your marriage. That's not going to be counted. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out, like protect yourself. Mm. But we didn't have that situation because we were both coming to the table with no property.
1: Yeah. and in. <laughs>
0: but I would want her to sit down right. and say, hey, just so we are clear, we're going to build a life together. But these properties are mine. Like if and anything Because happens. my
1: family put into that. Right. Does they, that
0: make you selfish?
1: I don't think it makes you selfish. I think... I think that there's you're putting on a hat of like, that's business. I'm
0: advocating for myself. Right.
1: right? That's business. And you know, you see stories of people who've taken advantage of other people right. or they found ways to take someone's property mm-hmm. by doing certain yeah. things. And I think if your family invested in this, then I think that you there's a way of you saying, Hey, this is this is separate. We can yeah. build things together, but this is separate, but it's always it's a touchy thing. And I think you got to have an open dialogue.
0: But if they're together for 20 years. Right. I don't give a shit. Like, I mean, fine. If, Do what you want. Like, but Let's if, say let's say in that situation they're together for 20 years. They have kids. He's the stay at home dad. I, I get it. Like right. you helped contribute, you know, and you made sacrifices. OK, let's just hope that, that none of that happens. But.
1: But these are real things. These are
0: real things that our listeners go through. They might be going through right now. Lots of our listeners are going through divorces and dividing the assets is really difficult. So I'm just curious if that's you, please take the time to DM us or leave a review and just let us know how are you dividing the assets? What would you do differently? What is your advice to younger couples so that these six categories don't become the demise of their relationship? So again, there's Savings, earnings, debt, credit, taxes, and insurance. Those are the main six categories I think you need to talk about when it comes to your finances before you find yourself in a committed relationship.
1: Yeah. And I think when we say earnings, would that include like investments?
0: Yeah. That's like any sort of investment, property, Right. but it's also, it's your ability to think that you can control your income, right? So like hey, we're newly married and we've got a growing family. Like, hey, we got to earn more. If you're the kind of person that's just like, ah, well, you know, they won't give me a raise at work. Okay, can you get another job? Like, is what you're doing warranting another raise? Can you save so that way you can invest? Like, can you take a course to expand your skills? Like, several ways to increase your earnings, but I will say lots of people don't think that that's in their control. So if that's the case, go to... Uh, the Copelands is we are, we are the, the Copelands.com, Copelands. Janelle Copeland. com. Look for this financial workshop. It'll be the best $29 you've ever spent just to get a good, like, solid perspective on how you can increase your earnings, how right. you can get out of debt, how you can increase your credit score. And then hopefully, this episode gave you some tips on how you can talk about it with the person that you love.
1: The last thing I'll kind of say is. The key to all this is is really sitting down and saying, let's talk about like our life and what are we going to value together mm-hmm. so that we can build a vision for our life that we can aspire and work it intentionally to try to obtain. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to do through achievement. And I think that you have to like understand the dynamics of that relationship and know that. At times, there's going to be leading and there's going to be following when it comes to aspiring and moving your career or your business along. But just know that you're doing it together and you're a team. I think that that is the first thing you have to kind of establish. And I think when you do that really well then everything else kind of works itself out.
0: And I agree with you. I'll just add that every season, every year, like in January for our 17th anniversary, we reestablish, like, what do we care about in this season of life? And we establish the fact that we will no longer be buying things for our kids. Like, you don't get Christmas presents, you don't get birthday presents. We're not buying you things. We're creating memories with you. And so we Googled, you know, how many countries are there in the world that we haven't seen? 195 of them. How many can we see between the ages of 42 and 80? You know, like how many adventures can we create? And so we're looking to hopefully explore the rest of the world by building wealth through investment properties and business Mm -hmm. earnings. And then also we are committed to spending that money on travel experiences and memories with our kids. So if you don't find out like what you care about and what you value now, go do that. And then also be okay with readjusting that contract and renegotiating and reestablishing like what your goals are as a couple moving forward. And the key
1: negotiations is you got to compromise, like things that you say, okay, well, I care about this, but not as much as you care about it in this Mm -hmm. situation. I want to see you get that. I Mm -hmm. want you to have that time. Like all those things, they're going to take compromises and understanding that like if you compromise, the other person will compromise and you will work it out and you'll share those things together. Amen. Amen.
0: I hope this was um, helpful for you. If you could share this with someone that's maybe getting married, maybe getting ready to enter a serious relationship, we'd be so grateful. And Leave us a comment or a review on iTunes. Let us know what you do with your partner with finances. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much. Push through.
1: Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, You got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.